Hey, it's me, Kelly Anakin. I'm talking about Showtime's hit series, Yellow Jackets, one episode at a time with some of the funniest people I know. Let's find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting eaten. Welcome to Blood Hive. Joining me today on Blood Hive, we have two amazing guests as usual. Our first guest is a writer-comedian in New York City who's written for horror podcast See You in Your Nightmares. She also hosts Relationship, a live storytelling and therapy show with real therapists. Everybody, please welcome Lynn Vixenspan. Hello. I am excited to be here and talking to real people and not just people on Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I I love actual people. I think a big part of why I'm doing this is because I don't have enough actual people in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's bring out our next guest. She is a writer, comedian, actress based in Los Angeles. She was just featured at the New York Comedy Festival, and she just booked two national commercials. So look for her on your TV very soon. Please welcome Veronica A. Brown. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, how you doing? I, you know, I'm doing. I'm doing. Hey, that's the best. You know, I'm here. I made it. Yeah, like I'm making <laughs> lemonade. That's what I like to say. Like, you know what? I'm making lemonade. Absolutely. <laughs> or as we say on this podcast, when life gives you rabbits, make rabbit chili. <laughs> that She almost made that look good. We'll get to that. I mean, you know, I have eaten rabbit before. Okay. Um, It's not something I do on a regular basis, but it's pretty good. It actually, it tastes to me a lot like the dark meat of chicken. It does. Oh, okay. I've tasted deer. Guys, is this a good time to tell you that I have pet rabbits and I found one of them dead yesterday? Oh. This is a great time. And I really (laughs) was shocked when I saw that on your Facebook page. I was like, wow, she's really committing to the bit of this podcast. Oh, wow. (laughs) I have two, well, now one, um, bonded lionhead rabbits. They are slash were uh, nine years old, so seniors. So, like, they've been with me through, like, before I had a kid, various relationships, various houses, like, as a constant in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because, like, they're one of the few animals I feel like that is both pets and that people eat, Mm. which you don't really see. Yeah, definitely in the West. Oh, with rabbits. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, you could go to like a fancy restaurant here and see rabbit on the menu, but like people get appalled if like you had dog on the menu and be like, that's not civilized. So it's just, it's interesting to think about like what we think about culturally as being appropriate or not. Clearly in Yellow Jackets, whole different survival story. Can't say what I would do in that situation. But yeah, uh, Kelly was referring to like, yeah, so I, rabbits are like these very sensitive prey animals, right? And you know how when animals get sick in general, they hide it, right? Uh-huh. Because Mm-hmm. they become vulnerable and i'm sure there's some great metaphor for yellow jackets here <laughs> <laughs> one quick question like so the the rabbit that unfortunately passed away that was your pet that's you know been with you your whole life yeah. did you have like a burial or a ceremony or i'm serious so um, he had been like not he had been kind of off like his poops 
And um, but I didn't think he was that sick because he was still eating. And then I was like, yesterday I made a 5 p.m. vet appointment, left my house in the morning for like an hour to go to my own appointment, came back and he was like in the pen, laying over, not moving, like very shallowly breathing. You know, I put my hand in his face and he wasn't like blinking and his brother was just sitting there like sniffing him and they're bonded. They're twins. And this was like my baby rabbit and the other one who's still alive like hate kind of hates me oh <laughs> like you the one who died was like the sweet yeah my little <laughs> baby cake and i found him dead and i'm like right now grieving because this is also like the first pets that i ever had and the first pet i lost and it was like so sudden yeah I, and veronica to answer your question i called the vet took it to for what they called a a life check, which makes sense. But I was like, I don't know if he's dead or not. They're like, just take it for a life check. So I like ran into an Uber, put him in a towel and like brought him in. And you can't even go inside yet. Like you can't go because of mm. COVID. So I just had to like hand the rabbit yeah. to like, I mean, I put it, you know, he was in a carrier, but like, and then they come back out two minutes and they're like, yeah, he's dead. So I'm like sitting there in the cold because I'm in New York. It's cold. Oh my God. Hysterically crying, wearing a mask, having someone come out and be like, he's dead. And I can't even go inside. So it was just like extra brutal. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I guess I'll. And also just like, yeah, I guess I have a two-year-old, but like he doesn't really get it. He was just like, saw me crying and was like, it's okay, mommy. <laughs> so it's like, okay, like the guy just came out as cold as the weather. Like, uh, yeah, he's dead. Sorry. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. My kid wasn't with me, but yeah, they came, they came out and they were like, he's dead. No, they were, they were nice about it, but yes, they were like, you can pay for a mass cremation or you can pay more for an individual cremation where they give the ashes back. Oh, uh, what'd you choose? Uh, I chose the individual cremation. Okay. Yeah, like but that's my ride or die, so that he's like worth it, you know. Yeah, I support that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, so interesting time to uh, come to a show about <laughs> um, where people are surviving on rabbits, and there's a character who clearly has no issues butchering them, right? And butchering all sorts of creatures, like sociopath calm type of approach to mm-hmm. she. Like I didn't even have a pet rabbit, and I'm just like, damn. And I'm not even an animal person like that. But it was like, I'm dead inside. I need to make this soup. And I'm, you know, it was a lot of things. And she was like frustrated and over with. And that, I feel like when she made that uh, stew, I'm sorry, I want to get the character's name correct. Uh, Shana. Shana. Yeah, Shauna. Yeah. Uh, Shauna, like when she, she's like at that breaking point, you know, she's like calm all the time. And I think one more thing was going to send her over. And so that triggered like things that happened out there that's like well you know what let me just get tap into my inner slaughter and get this mm-hmm. food done because my heifer of a teenager didn't bring out the freaking <laughs> like i told her to thaw out so let me just cut off the head of just an innocent bunny and, and that's what i felt in that moment in her head like okay shauna um i see you then you're reaching your breaking point it was definitely like i don't know i feel like whenever like you get a note like show don't tell it's like okay we get it you showed us we we understand something about this was that the first episode that was i think the second episode okay yeah yeah, yeah that definitely stood out to me as a person who like has a rabbit and like i said i've thought a lot about these issues of like where we where that fits in culturally uh but i did have a friend who was like i heard they slaughter rabbits i can't (laughs) 
I can't watch it. It was the rabbits that bugged her more than the slaughtering the people? No, she just heard about it. And we both have <laughs> rabbits, so. Yeah. This actually, this brings me to a question that I haven't asked in every episode, but I'm curious. Are either of you vegan or vegetarian watching this show? I'm vegan. How does this show hit you as a vegan? Um... So, I mean, so I answered the specific thing about rabbits, right? So that's very personal to me and like really timely. But I guess I've been vegan for, I don't, I don't even know, like 12 years, vegetarian for a lot longer. I don't know that any of that stuff bothers me so much Mm -hmm. more than anything in everyday life because it's like I I function in society and I go out to eat and I see these things all the time. Yeah. So most of the time in like, even though I might find it upsetting, like, to myself and and if I think about it um if I thought about it all of the time even I think people who eat meat most of the time like have to have some kind of mental distance to feel okay about doing it so yeah. unless there's like a particular scene that like I don't know squeaks me out I, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily more sensitive about it um and I also think it like in a survival scenario, it's very different. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that I would be vegan if I was, you know, stranded on Yellow Jackets Island. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And Veronica, how about you? I'm neither vegan nor vegetarian. So I was like, yeah, kill the damn animal already. And <laughs> But I mean, of course, <laughs> like the first night, like, okay, so what we're going to eat tonight, um, I was just like, I'm, I'm the complete opposite, uh, you know, respect all vegans and vegetarians. So it didn't really hit me in any kind of way, except for like, all right, y'all should like, hopefully there's um, some type of, you know, you can, you know, I'm all for the berries and the nuts. I'm saying you got to eat meat all day. But mm-hmm. um, when they were able to, I don't know if this is another episode ahead of time or what, but basically when they're able to kill a healthy animal, I'll just say that I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Good for you, because like y'all, like you're hangry, you're hormonally crazy, you're 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 portraying teenagers, and they did that very well because they were getting on my nerves. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Oscar winning, shut up. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it didn't hit me any kind of way. I was encouraging them to find, you know, the animals wherever they may be. I, I did look at the episode six, so they already found that sick deer, and mm-hmm. I was just now that part. I'm just like, okay, I couldn't even brush. I don't know how hungry they were, but. I'm like, I don't know if I could recover from that looking at that. I'm like, yeah, for me, the thing that's been the most viscerally upsetting was like the maggots in the stomach of that sick deer. I, I can't, it turns out apparently maggots are the thing that I can't handle. I watch a lot of horror, most gore and like gross stuff doesn't bother me, but apparently that really, uh, really bugs me. Yeah. It's not pretty. It wasn't, I'm just like, Mm -mm. I thought I saw the deer as hope, (laughs) you know, when the the deer, everybody did. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, great, a deer. This is the sign from the spirits or, you know, God or whoever doesn't want us to die. Um, and that's what you get. Like, oh, downer and ugly and sick. Let's move yeah. on. I had to put my hand up when I knew it was coming, when I had to do a recap. I'm just like, Mm-mm, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. We're not doing this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess because like that is like, yeah, it's a sign that it's something gro- like unhealthy. So that I, I get why that would turn your stomach. And I also have a personal experience with maggots. I remember I was like a teenager, and I went to get like some kind of protein bar at the health food store. It's like oh, one of those no. old school protein bars Ooh. that like just tastes like chalk. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yep, yeah, sure do. Like not Cliff Bar style. 
And I bit into it, and these little white wiggly worms. <gasps> oh my god! No! Came out. And I like no, recoiled, no, 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 and no, no, no. I was like ready to puke. Oh my god! And so I always think about that now when someone says because I didn't know, like I didn't realize that that's what maggots were. I think I had like a different image of them because I was like a teenager, and that was like the person was like, "No, those are maggots." Oh my gosh! Wow! And I guess they just got into like the box of I don't know somehow when they were shipping, and I don't know if I actually ate one. Oh, um, but it's so interesting to me that you are ha- you, like. You're both saying like, oh, I eat meat, but you're having like such a visceral, especially you, Kelly, right? Like, oh. I don't know, but Veronica, like, but maybe also you like reaction to the, to how that's gross. So it's, it's interesting to think okay. about what goes it's, it's, it's very ugly. Like, okay. I, the only personal experience that I would even remember with um, maggots is it was, I don't know what was going on with, uh, it was in the apartment when I was little, um, we were in and there were these flies coming from wherever they were coming from. We're like, what are these flies doing? And like parts from underneath the carpet, maggots were coming up mm-hmm. out of the oh carpet. I'm just like, what, mm-hmm. what type of uh, carpet is going on? Like we don't, what, I didn't leave food. Did somebody kill a cat and stuff it under the rug? I don't understand. But yeah, I saw the maggots. I wasn't, the thing is I wasn't turned off. I was like, I think I was like eight. And I'm just like, ew, that's ugly. But I wasn't freaked out. But nowadays I am, you know, when you're grown and you see wiggly things and it's just, I'd rather see a fly than see where it came from. Like how flies are born are the ugliest thing ever. Like you heard of ugly babies, like flies are the ugliest babies Mm. ever (laughs) in life. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that we're like, oh, eating bugs and worms. That's so, that's like the lowest form. But like, but also like we have, like most people don't have any trouble killing bugs. Yeah. Eating them is so gross to us. Well, I ate a grasshopper. Was it chocolate? It was honestly, the way it was present, presentation is everything. Okay. (laughs) Let's just say that. So I think maybe, you know, maggots may not have such a bad rap had they been promoted properly. Anyway. (laughs) And I'll say my issue with maggots is I was like, I don't have a huge problem with eating bugs. Like I know they're a great source of protein. There's something about maggots in particular for me. And I think in part is because they play such a huge role in decomposition. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Eventually the maggots are coming for me. So I don't know if it's like subconsciously. I'm just like, okay, like this is sort of like there's a whiff of my own mortality in these maggots. Oh, yeah, let me eat my own death. That'll be great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. no, that's interesting because it is like, yeah, part of the food chain. And like, I guess we're part of that, even though we don't think about it like that. We think we're the top of the food chain all the time, right? So I don't know. I always will ever, even in death, I'm like, I'm on top of this thing. Like, if you really look at it, we all. <laughs> I'm just like, um, I mean, I have to be in your world for you to be like, oh, now I'm at the bottom because I'm like, in, like you said, in the wilderness. That's where you're like questioning who's on top of the food chain now, like when they were out there. So it's like if a bear comes or clearly like wolves and, and stuff like that, then you're like, well, it looks like you didn't trade places, huh? Oh, yeah, that is this is the the questionable wolf episode. I say questionable. I don't know what you think. And I don't know if we're skipping around, Kelly, but no, I think let's get into it. Okay. Uh, so this is our recap of episode seven of Yellow Jackets, No Compass. The description, which we just found out in the previous episodes, are written by a guy named Rich. Rich, shout out. Love your little recaps here. As starvation looms, Thaisa leads a last-ditch effort and or suicide mission. The Yellow Jackets are forced to commit small talk. 
And <laughs> that's a good description. Written by Ashley Lyle and Bart Nickerson, as always, as well as Catherine Kearns, who's worked on Hacks. She's also the executive story editor for all of Yellow Jackets. Mm. And this is the third episode directed by Ava Sorhaug. So she's the closest thing we have to a staff director on this show, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we kick it off with a with a previously on that I think might be Jasmine Savoy Brown, who plays Thaisa. The younger actors are much more difficult to tell apart from their voices because, you know, they're like in their 20s. They haven't figured out what their thing is as performers. And uh, we pick this episode right back up with Thaisa. Mm-hmm. In front of her house, still reeling from the realization that she is back to midnight dirt snacks. And she's also got some new texts from the blackmailer and also from Nat. Mm-hmm. And she goes inside and she washes up. I This is one of the most heartbreaking scenes in the show to me. I have been kind of beating the drum this whole time for Tawny Cypress as MVP of the adult Yellow Jackets. Just like the pain on her face mm. as she, you know, washes her hands and cleans this wound. And there's something so devastating about the dirt in her teeth. Yeah. I'm just curious how the two of you feel about this sort of reveal of this behavior that Thaisa has that she may or may not have even been aware of. Um, I thought it was interesting to like see the tie in between, you know, young tree dwelling (laughs) Thaisa um, and uh, you know, modern day. uh, Yeah. I was going to say still, still kind of tree dwelling. (laughs) Yes. Tree tree dwelling. Tree adjacent. Um, yeah, and like, you know, of course, like stopping to, um, I'd stop to like decode her son's pictures of her, you know, because they had like, mm-hmm. they had the classic creepy child draws pictures on the wall mm-hmm. thing that every horror show and movie has to have with the creepy kid. Although I think, they, I don't know, there may have been like a red haired person there too. But um, yeah, it, it's, it was mm-hmm. interesting to think about the eating dirt because like, I mean, there that is like a disorder that people have, right? I don't know how much you've talked about. Yeah, actually, episode. I don't think I don't think we brought it up it's called pica mm. yes and pica is like yeah. a real <laughs> disorder that people have so i was wondering if it was tied to that where they feel compelled to eat like things that you might that you should not be eating like dirt being one example and like when i was pregnant with my son i luckily did not eat dirt but i had these like weird compulsions for smells mm. and like certain smells like shoes like i was like obsessed with like huffing the smell of shoes so I weirdly relate to that. Again, luckily it didn't get to dirt. But I, I, I do wonder, like, was that a trauma response that she developed when um, she was in the woods or is it something she already had? Honestly, that's a good question because that's what lingered in my mind because they weren't really out there long enough for a huge traumatic event to happen to where that pica would ensue. I think, I think looking back on a previous episode, um, it might be... I don't know, because she has, she is so trying to against anything spiritual because it showed when she was a little girl yeah. how her grandmother was in her dying bed and she looked in the mirror. She's like, don't let them take things. It was like a, a, a image of like black eyed eyes were blacked out. Just some type of ghost. Oh my God. The eyeless creepy man. Yeah. That's scary. And that was a, that was a, was that a woman or a man? I think it was with black eyes. I'm pretty sure it it's a man. man. It was a man. He's, he's credited as the man with no eyes. Right. I'm just like, what? That, I don't, that wasn't even clarified later. I don't think it was what that is, but that, I know that was the point of trigger to where she's like, 
everything is practical, nothing is spiritual, because like that will scare the crap out of you. Like I don't want to get into that world with a man with no eyes. Mm-mm. So I understand why she's putting that thing up. And as far as the whole Pika thing, I think we're gonna have to get into more later because I didn't understand how she even got in the you know later on in the tree to get that high. You mean like it? You mean on the island? On the island or wherever they're. Um, yeah. On the island. I know I'm kind of jumping, but like the part where she decides to go off into the wilderness and when she's supposed to keep watch, but she falls asleep, but she falls the very high tree. I'm like, can a bear even get that high? How did you get up there? She looked so high. It may not. I think it might be a little bit of an optical illusion. I've watched this a couple of times Okay, because it's like she's up really high but then she jumps down and like doesn't break a limb okay oh she's like possessed by the wolf spirit or something like and to me i think it's like there could be three things at work here i mean i think a she's definitely doing some kind of sleepwalking Mm -hmm. b there's the pica piece of it which i'm wondering if it is when she's not getting enough calories her body switches into that mode while she's sleepwalking Mm. Uh, we did have in i think it was two episodes ago Mm -hmm. whenever it was that she told her wife that she was gonna drop out of the campaign and then changed her mind simone is like oh you've been losing weight and Mm -hmm. so i'm like well that's your body going into starvation mode so that easily could have triggered her her body into this almost like fight or flight response where it's like oh remember from before Mm. we got to eat dirt to you know try and get some nutrients yeah and then there is this supernatural element yeah and it's like it could be all three yeah it could be any combination of those three things that is so true because it's like it really made so much sense where this island, because there was a part where they showed when they were looking out from the ocean and they saw a reflective light. I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. something is up there. You're not alone out here. Think, like you said, it's a combination of definitely spiritual and it's a, like a dark spirit. And it's like, no matter what they try to do, I'm going to keep you here long enough. Like the previous person who died up here with, with the plane mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's not coincidental. And so when you have, like to say, the pica issue in the fight or flight, then you add the spiritual element that she tries to deny. It's going to only amplify, I think, people's kind of like survival dark side. Absolutely. Because when Lottie, when she dreamt or either caught her eating the dirt mm-hmm. uh, when they were younger, she was like, were you eating dirt? When she asked her the next morning. And, and I don't know if she was in denial or just didn't remember. I don't think she remembers. Um, that she was either it read like she just did not remember. Like I yeah. feel like if you had any idea, you would have the reaction would have been different. Like we would have seen her being more evasive, right? Like it's like when she blacks out, like you said with the sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what you're doing, and out, you just wake up with dirt in your mouth. So I think Lottie sees the future, but I a part of me was like, I think that was a present moment. Um, mm-hmm. that she saw her because. Like we, I know Lottie, she, she's future stuff, but I'm like, wait a minute, was that a future thing or is that something currently she was actually witnessed? Yeah, I think she actually witnessed it has been my impression. But I do love that idea that there's things that Lottie is seeing mm-hmm. from the future, but we don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. That's like, oh, that makes my that makes me get goosebumps. No, that that is cool. Because like, same idea as like, you know, when she's jumping out of the tree, if, if it really is, you know, that she's jumping like that, like whose perspective are we seeing at any mm-hmm. given time? Like, is it just this like, you know, all seen? narrator like a camera eye or because there have been times like you know like I think it was was it in nine or the finale like there's a dream 
and like it's it's not clear whose dream it is exactly i it's one of the things that excites me the most about future seasons is like who the fuck is telling this story oh yeah who has all of this information that's true because you know well i mean i know the pilot was kind from what i read (laughs) and kelly maybe you know more about this the pilot was written before everything else and like so some things i don't know like how much they planned to go along with the rest of the episodes but the pilot was such a different format mm. Pilot had that documentary it opened with that sort of like talking heads so i thought it was going to be like a documentary style yeah. like and that's who we were hearing from wasn't this based off of was this based off a book or i thought i didn't basically um there was some item in variety or something like that about doing a reboot of lord of the flies oh yeah with girls instead of boys and like the discourse was like, oh, girls would never. And Ashley Lyle got so mad <laughs> that, that people thought women couldn't be vicious. That she was like, I'm going to write a whole show. I'll show you. Oh, yeah. And you did that. Um. <laughs> yeah. Which I love. Like, I mean, has anyone who said that ever been a teenage girl? <laughs> like- I, I think absolutely not. And I just, I just, you know, let us never forget that spite is such an incredible motivator. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Jennifer Lopez made a whole singing career out of it. Um <laughs> Shout out to Mariah Carey. No, I, <laughs> I don't know her. I don't, I don't know, know her. her. <laughs> Back in 1996, Van is telling Taisa like your plan to go south is a terrible idea. I'm sorry to to uh, burst your bubble, but this is not an island. They are actually surrounded by mountains. Mm-hmm. So Thais is like, we can just go south. We're gonna hit something. Right. We're starving, and she says it's gonna get dying feels like falling asleep cold Mm. and i'm like Mm -hmm. i knew that was possible but i didn't realize like i don't know there's something um no pun intended very chilling to me about that language Mm -hmm. and laura lee who we just saw in the previous episode baptized lottie she's all in on lottie being touched by the lord Mm -hmm. and she's like lottie what do you think and lottie just like i don't know and then you know we get some debate akila is like you can't just take supplies away from camp and van asks taisa if she's edmund fucking hillary uh who is the guy the first white guy to summit mount everest and mari just is like who (laughs) and this is such a great mari episode i just noticed her so much on this rewatch like her facial expressions her line readings like i am i may be becoming like a a secret mari stan after this rewatch that's so interesting because i was just thinking when i was rewatching this episode today that like i don't feel like i can think of adjectives to describe her character like i don't know who she is it's interesting because she's like she's not one of the like red shirt background people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she is given like a name and screen time but she doesn't really play that much of a role you don't know where to put her yeah you know she She feels like a like a kind of like a mini jackie to me a bit Mm. because Mm -hmm. she's like super preppy like this whole episode she's dressed like she's at the country club oh i noticed i'm like why does she have a sweater around (laughs) tied around her neck (laughs) like sweetie you are not playing tennis (laughs) i don't know what they told you but that's not part of this trip um and also that actress is alexa barajas Mm -hmm. and so shout out to you alexa you're doing a great job oh yeah but i think she she and akila both are these sort of younger girls who I hope we'll see more development from yeah. 
in future seasons. I think, you know, you kind of have to like, you got to have a couple uh, characters in your back pocket because who knows who's going to get eaten, you know? Oh, yeah. No, totally. That's... That friend to table food chain is real. <laughs> yeah. Like I like say, everybody can't be on the same level of importance right away. It's kind of like, okay, because that's a lot of storylines to juggle and it's already very intricate as it is. And then you want to keep people wondering mm-hmm. about who's going to be who's going to be the grown version of Lottie or who like I'm very curious to see like Lottie and um, what was Thais's uh, um, girlfriend? Van. Van like the shoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Van. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, there's a lot of people and there's two timelines. This is like Inception. Yeah, that's show. what gave me Inception tease. I'm like, OK, we're jumping almost in dreams, but in reality at the same time. Going back to like the characters, I think it's really good to have people wondering about, well, what about home chick over there? Like she says one word, mm-hmm. but it has a presence at the same time. And I like that to where like, okay, they're not just off and off. Well, yeah, they're off and off people like right, right at the beginning, but before they like, okay, the people who died in the plane crash. Okay. Then we have someone who dies, you know, in the future, you know, from, I don't know if a spoil alert, but uh, dying, you know, with the the plane blowing up, the one who tried to mm-hmm. uh, baptize uh, Lottie, which I personally was here for, you know, because I'm a Christian. And if Lottie has the spiritual connection, mm-hmm. you might as well have it to something positive. So it's like you don't want yeah. somebody just open spiritually and that in tune to where you're just you're susceptible to anything. So especially a, a place that's like really in darkness. So I'm just like, OK, yeah, girl baptize her bring her closer to god as much as you can because she's you know she's like an empty vessel that's how she got possessed yeah uh, that's how like people and like just speaking from my faith perspective that's how people get possessed they're just they're very susceptible spiritually they're almost like an empty vessel and that's what you like don't want to be but especially in that setting and that's how that's part of how she got because she's so spiritually connected to things and and being a in the way a prophet too that's like part of her gift and her curse part of that made it like the spirit to hit her and just go into that dark thing and then <laughs> and then when she got hit by the bible that cracked me up i'm sorry um, <laughs> I'm just like, look, whatever works. Uh, sometimes you can't do gentle this. What you said actually, it just gave me a thought just this second because this episode is called No Compass, even though they have a compass. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, kind of knowing what we know is mm-hmm. coming, is Laura Lee actually the compass of this group, you know, morally, spiritually, however you want to put it? And she doesn't go with the group. Mm. that is going south and things don't go great for them and then you know in the future if she's not around that is kind of where we see Lottie leaning more into kind of a darker side of this spirituality that she's rediscovered Uh, that's a good connection because it's like okay no compass like aside from the actual compass like spinning and the 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 river in this episode turning red like Lottie said it would when they tried to go off and find help and he's like okay no compass could refer to Lottie after you know um the the Christian girl Laura Lee is gone and it's kind of like now what do I do with this and it's like she wants to use it and and it's just like 
when she has no direction, it's like, okay, it led you to this darkness. Wow. Um, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's unfortunate. But but that sets precedent for like a great season too. Yes. I'm here for the spiritual aspects, both in terms of like faith and religion and also, you know, the potential of, you know, kind of maybe these darker demonic forces. There's a lot of people who are like, I don't want them to go the supernatural route. And I'm like, well, if you don't want them to go the supernatural route, then please just watch a documentary. Don't rain on my parade. Even if you're not a faith-based person or technically a, a spiritual person, but that's what makes this so intricate. It's like, you know, like, wow, like you, you're trying to like see the spiritual and the reality. It's like, it makes you think outside the surface. And I think some people are uncomfortable with that, but it's it's something that intrigues you and pulls you in. So that's part of it. Yeah, say so the official blood hive position is pro all that kind of weird <laughs> yeah, stuff. It's, so bring it on. I, I like it's, that they keep it a little bit vague, but there's things that are starting to happen that like you're like, okay, there ha- there has to be something supernatural. I'm interested in like your perspective, especially Veronica saying that you're a Christian. Like mm. what did you think of Laura Lee as a character? Because I felt like they only focused on her faith and that she was like a little bit one dimensional, which I thought was disappointing. Mm. Um, like that they couldn't just like make her faith an aspect of her personality too much. And then they just kind of like you know built her up in one episode and then just to take her down. Okay. Yeah. I could see that perspective where you're just like, man, I wanted to see maybe more dimensions of how would she struggle with her faith being out here longer? Um, think that would be really cool to see yeah. and how maybe, Maybe she would have been something that could help temporarily with Lottie or with who, with whoever. Like, there's different ways that she could have, her character could have been stretched a little more. I, I, I definitely get that. Um, I think also, I think the approach of why they made her just, just so faith based and all that, it was like a balance because she was really the only one that was a Christian and faith-based like, and it's kind of like, everybody is like, whatever. Like, I'm just trying to, I don't know, like trying to get laid, trying to just, you know, not die and da da da. And she was just like, okay, at least she brought some type of like, okay, God, it's going to help us. Like, she's just like almost like the symbol of some hope yeah. with that. And mm-hmm. I think that was good to at least have one person with some hope, but I get what you're saying. Like it could, it could have been more, di- you know, multidimensional because even as a faith person, you still struggle, especially when put to the test like this, like you're going to have some hopelessness almost. Like I think she probably would have ran into that had she more time, mm-hmm. but she was like, look, but she was also practical toward the end with like, look, I've studied this. I've done X, Y, and Z. She wasn't just a dense th- Bible thumper. Um, she was no, she wasn't, and she definitely like had, yeah, hope opt like she was like crazy optimistic with it. She was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna fly this ancient plane, and it's just gonna work. Yeah, and we're like yeah, yeah, maybe that does. Work. It's like we needed her hope in this. It's like somebody got to have some hope up in here. Um, like if anybody's like, you know, she's like, look, I know y'all like just, but sitting here, things aren't working. So she did, you know, deductive reasoning. She had her faith. And like you said, the island doesn't want us to leave. Like they said, I'm sorry, spoiler alert. Um, but you know, with her, that's okay. We all we all know it's all okay, it's so all out cool. there. So it's like she dies in the in the plane explosion, and I don't know what the significance was of that teddy bear going on fire and stuff like that. So I was like, oh man, this is some yeah, this is some spiritual stuff because it's like okay, how does just a teddy bear combust like of all things to go on fire? Not the engine, 
not anything else. Literally, a t- I thought that was so. I mean, it was like obviously to me, at least, uh, like very metaphorical. It's like here's this like very like kind of still childlike thing that she has, mm-hmm. right? That she's like bringing with her, and um, and then that's the thing that like you know ends up. But then I was also trying to look at like technical explanations, and of course, like everybody online is like you know a flight expert, so they're, oh, yeah. they're like, oh, excuse me, I know about these old planes. I googled it. Um, yeah, it does seem like it's possible that there were some fuel lines that were running under it so that like maybe the writers actually did have like an explanation that wasn't just like, you know, someone put a bomb in the teddy bear. I mean, something had to trigger it to explode. And the fact that I don't know if the pilot experts on Reddit said this, like, oh yeah, stuffed animals, (laughs) like, you know, they're, they're highly flammable. So that's what like, okay, really? Is that, (laughs) is that that what we're doing? Like, come on. It's more than that. It, It triggered the the plane to explode of course like it's there's things that if you put fire to it it will combust you have gas in that thing um i get that i'm just saying the teddy bear was on fire all of a sudden that's what i was oh yeah to- yeah no it did seem like really ab- abrupt from that perspective or like yeah um but you know, and i mean again who's who showed us that shot right that's what i was just thinking like why do we see that first nobody else was up there so it's like who's who wants us to see this and think this? So they, and the thing is, they do reveal things later, and they, you do give a sense of more getting closer. Not full reveals, but they give you crumbs, like they give you, uh, you know, the trail crumbs. Like, oh, that's why that's tied to her feeling or acting like that. Da 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 da. So I don't think, like you said, look, the writers and stuff is not just put there for no reason. And you'll see yeah. with the eye. You might have to rewatch sometimes. I, I, I rewatched the episode. I'm like, oh, I start seeing things I didn't because I was just so into the whole thing in general because it's it's so much. But I'm just like, oh, okay, maybe this ties more into the metaphorical and the spiritual that they keep talking about because we're so focused on the survival and the practicality of it. So it's kind of like, oh, they make you look with your third eye. You know what I'm saying? I think there's at least two to five explanations for everything <laughs> yeah. that we see. And that's what makes the show so addicting. It's like they're not making you think too hard. Like they give it to you technically. But it's not like on the nose, and that's that's just poor writing. If it was honestly, but it's not poor writing. It's it's really good writing. So they're like, okay, we're not, we're having people figure it out while telling you in ways where this person would see it. Obviously, you might have to think a little bit, but either way, at the end of the day, people will get it, and it pulls you in. Like you feel like you feel like you're putting together a puzzle, but you're you know yeah. you got the pieces in. Like you got this section kind of done, so it makes you. And I'm not even a puzzle person, so. I'm just like, okay, let me put the, oh, I got an ear. You know, it's kind of like that where you're like, oh, I knew, I see, I knew that, you know, it's kind of like with, with the show, uh, you, or, you know, that kind of stuff, you yes. know, uh, it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Oh, she's crazier than that. Okay. So it, it, it makes you pull back the layers on the teenagers. And it also showed both the grown version as well as the teenage version were both at the same level interesting. So it wasn't like one where I'm like, God, we got to look at these teenagers again. No, it was like, okay, great. Now that can tie into what's going to happen as a grown-up. Now, I will say, hopefully they'll get more about this, uh, the boyfriend or the side piece of Shauna, who was like in this episode, he he did give me creepy vibes. You know, come to find out he's not the one that killed uh, Patrick. Um, uh, What's his name? Um, Natalie's. uh, Travis. God, see? I'm just like, like Josh? No. <laughs> uh Natalie's, you know, uh boyfriend lover or whatnot, find his killer. I feel that I'm I'm really looking at Misty. I'm really looking at like Misty, why was she 
looking so hard at Natalie, you know, and her drug problem and setting up a camera in her house specifically. And that's very coincidental or not when she started wanting to get reconnected to, to um, Travis. I'm like, hmm, why would you care so much now? Because I feel like those cameras were not there way, way before. No, they she definitely set them up. But I guess with Misty, it's like there's all these layers where like she does desperately want to be liked and accepted and be friends with them. Mm-hmm. So I like I do feel like there's a a, le- a level where she's just like enjoying seeing her life and then she gets to like come in and save her. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like that is like a huge motivation for her even without, you know, all of the citizen detective uh, slash murderer tendencies, you know. <laughs> Aside from that, she's cool. <laughs> I just kill on the side, you know. Yeah. Just a hobby, you know. You know? Yeah. part of something. Casual. I'm going to pull us back into the episode because we haven't even hit the credits yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, we need some guidance over here. It's just we right. think. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Let me be your okay. Laura Lee. And they all finally agree. Thaisa can go. She can't take the gun. And uh, we get the credits. After the credits, Laura Lee is asking Lottie why she didn't tell Thaisa about her dream. And Lottie's like, she wouldn't have listened. Lottie is just casually digging around in the burnt carcass of the sick mm. deer, as you do. <laughs> and she pulls out this completely unburnt piece of the deer's vertebrae. And I'm like, I guess how I don't know how you knew that was there. Yeah. You know? Good for you, Lot. It's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you. <laughs> we get Space by Amber Mark playing as Taisa gives herself what I was initially concerned would be a road mullet. I thought she was going like full 90s Midwest lesbian in this scene. But fortunately, she does not go mullet. Now, I have a friend with very curly hair who told me that short curly hair like Taisa's would be more unmanageable than long in the woods in this scenario um, i don't know i think that's a, so as as a curly haired person uh i would say like people have all different textures mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, when my hair sometimes it would be fluffy but it really it, would, it wouldn't necessarily be i think that really depends on the person so that's my um controversial curly opinion <laughs> controversial curlier uh <laughs> it's like it's the controversies yeah, that people don't want to hear anywhere. Uh, I think it really depends on type of curl because you does. can have fine or thick curly hair. Yeah. And you can also have, I mean, without getting too into it, you know, like there's the, the like type two, three, four, A. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, she has, I guess, compared to Akila, the, the other black girl, um, who, who's not biracial. Um, I'm just like, okay, how does she keep her stuff together? I'm trying to think. So I'm just like, I'm between, my hair is between Taisa and um, Akila, the other black girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure she knows what to do with her. I don't know. Maybe she has her products with her because it was looking good the whole time to me. Um, <laughs> and so was yeah. Taisa. I'm just like, okay. All their hair looks good. Yeah. <laughs> I say I've definitely I've seen that on Reddit that is like hey, okay how is everybody's hair looking this I mean Natalie's hair point? is like still somewhat bleach blonde yeah like the roots I don't know how long they've been out there this episode really makes me feel like they changed their approach with her hair I know her eyebrows are dark but I think she, th- that she might actually be a natural blonde and when we saw her when she was younger with dark hair like that was just like a different goth mode and she dyed it. I don't know. I'm like unreasonably obsessed with what's going on with Natalie's yeah, hair. But it's so bleach. Like it's not even a natural. A natural it's blonde. not even a natural one. No. Yeah. It's so uh, yet another question 
in season two. What's up with everybody's hair? Um, please answer that. For I us. think we need to have like a very special episode about that, like just a whole episode yes. dedicated to that. We might. There's going to be a while before new episodes, so we are going to pick this thing apart. Yeah. Um, just just reiterating back to the question. Honestly, with the hair, like she said, the hair being short, like her Thaisa's hair is more of a looser curl than Akila. And um, usually, you know, with the looser curl, it's more fine curl than Akilah's. So Mm -hmm. honestly, if you cut it, um, cutting shorter hair, it's going to be more manageable, period, than longer hair, especially curly. Because curly, you're going to have a lot of frizz, which I barely saw on Thaisa. And then, you know, it's, (laughs) I'm just like, okay, Uh, that's a nice braid out. Uh, I don't know how you did that, but it looks good. Um, <laughs> so I, just my opinion is I think shorter hair where you're just like, I don't care. And I'm just going out in the woods and doing me. It's going to be a lot less, like not as much maintenance in, in my opinion. I didn't personally have a problem with it. Um, Allison, you're coming on, on episode 10. So if you want to dispute this, we can have a whole curly hair panel. Yeah. <laughs> um, my bigger problem is that she's cutting her hair and it's getting into this like bowl of water. And I'm like, didn't you have to like boil that to make it okay? Oh, like you don't use the water for that. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, what do you don't waste water? Uh-huh. No, I'm saying with the water reference, I'm like, you know, like people can live off of water for like a good, like a 60, month. like a month to like 60 days, a water cleanse yeah. and your body adapts. Like, you know, you could do that because <laughs> like, we're going to starve. I'm like, if y'all just boil the damn water and just keeping like, have just a whole week, like dedicated to that and just live off of water, you will be fine. But we, again, we have to, we have to go crazy, but that's what I was thinking. I mean, they also are very stupid teenagers. So (laughs) they're stupid and and possibly possessed. And oh yeah. Yeah. Too many, too many variables. Coach. Like, dude, like, I'm just waiting for him for more guidance. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I, I kind of get it. But like, he seems he seems pretty young, first of all. Right. Do we know how old he is? We have no idea. My guess is he's like 23 or 24. Yeah, I didn't think he was like an and... experience. Like, he seemed like a young dude. And he also like, you know, went through trauma along with all of them. And also, they don't listen yeah. to him. Yeah. Like, Laura Lee, like, he was like, don't fly, Laura Lee. And she was like, uh, no. Yeah. Like, I think he's lost any kind of control that he ever had. Yeah, he portrays, everybody's yeah. portrayed younger. So he's, uh, okay, the actor, um, Steve Kruger, who plays the the coach, 32. So he probably played like 26, 25 or something yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, not everybody knows mm-hmm. that. And Google was, was not around even when they were, before they got on the plane. So uh, YouTube was there. That's a good point. We are, you know, we're able to learn the intricate knowledge about planes on Reddit, and they didn't have any access to that. That's true. She so. had a flight manual, allegedly. But I mean, we're just we're just so used to being able to look everything yeah. up, and they didn't have that that tool. Oh, yeah. um, but it also meant that then, like you know, nobody had just been like going down Wikipedia rabbit holes and learning useful stuff before that. You know, you had to go to the Red Cross babysitter training yeah. class. You had to be in Girl Scouts. <laughs> right. You had to go to the library. Ew. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, but I love the library. Okay. No, no shade, Lynn, but, you know, I just remember those book reports. It was like an adventure and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I have. Ah, yeah. uh, yes. The World Book Encyclopedia. <laughs> Van is actually watching Taisa give herself her wilderness makeover and she says it looks hot. She does this sweet little monologue about how she's only been to New York City once. She just wanted a soft pretzel and a carriage ride through Central Park, but instead she had to go see cats, uh, which 
clearly she did not enjoy. And uh, she is like, I want to go to New York City with you. I want to get a soft pretzel. I want to take a carriage ride. And she's like, I'm going with you. Mari and Akila have decided that they're coming too, uh, which I assume from a narrative perspective is like, in case they need someone we don't care about to die. <laughs> that did give me that right there. I'm like, okay, somebody's going to die. Uh, I was like, okay, this is your way to office. I did, I did get a suggestion from Teresa, who's one of our listeners, that we should call all of the people that don't have enough uh, emotional investment or a name Jennifer's, <laughs> um, because she was really surprised that nobody in this group was named Jennifer, which is a good point. Yeah, I was a junior in high school, I guess, when this was happening, and everybody was like a Jennifer or Jessica, something with a J. Um, yeah, I was. Yeah. I, was a, I was a little bit. I was a little bit younger. This is ninety six, so I was like ten. I looked up to the, you know, the high school people and all that kind of stuff. And plus, I had older parents. So I was really immersed in like any music, you know, I was very impressionable. So I, this is all nostalgia for me. I'm not too far away from it just by like what, four years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, it was still, you know, the nineties, I was like, I was really a nineties kid. Like I'm talking about early 93 to this point, especially. So I felt like I was in high school because <laughs> um, I brought it with me. But yeah, the the whole um, the whole thing with the um, and I got sidetracked. So clearly I'm at that point in life. Um. <laughs> we were just talking about being 90s kids. Dunkaroos till I die, baby. I did try them again. They came back. Um, they were good. I feel like they would hurt my teeth at this point. <laughs> Okay, I feel like I should know this from my age, but what are Dunkaroos? They were like those little graham crackers shaped like a kangaroo and you dipped them in frosting. It was basically just like deconstructed cookies and frosting that you oh, could eat that a snack. Oh, that horrifying. Oh. Uh, I loved them <laughs> as a child. I was like, No, yes. maybe as a child. But, and I have like a huge sweet tooth, but I mean, I, I finally understand why my parents were like, no, we don't want to eat like gross frosting because i used to be like how, how how are you not eating this you know and now i'm starting to finally get that like how some things could possibly be too sweet to eat oh uh, well speaking of aging uh travis is packing he finds some old spice in his suitcase <laughs> that they can use as disinfectant natalie says it's very sexy grandpa <laughs> and he thinks he thinks that the the group uh going south needs a guy with oh. them and Nat asks him not to go, and he very quickly agrees to stay behind. And I was like, "Man, I don't know if I've ever had a man agree with me that quickly." About he didn't want to go anyway. Um, I know that's what I was thinking. Yeah, he just like he gets to play like the romantic hero to her, but he's like, "Somebody yeah. talk me out of this, please." Yeah, <laughs> he decides to stay. They make out as mm-hmm. they do. It's pretty much their primary function in this episode. And outside, Van's giving Mari the compass, and Lottie gives Van the vertebrae, and she says. Not to lose it. It'll keep her safe. She tells Van about her dream where she saw red smoke and a river of blood. You know, that's what you want to hear when you're about to go on a terrifying possible (laughs) suicide mission. Just like, by the way, I don't know if this means anything, but if you run into a river of blood, that's bad. Okay. (laughs) But she does offer the necklace, right? So she does. Van, Van is very into what Lottie is I don't want to say selling because Lottie is not selling mm-hmm. anything but she's definitely like okay like Lottie Lottie knows shit and I'm I'm on board well, with yeah, that she's like had previous proof when she was when they were walking with um Taisa she's like she predicted this she predicted that like back when they were you know at school and whatever so it's kind of like um the evidence is there that Lottie 
knows what she's talking about when she shares what she's seen in the future, it's happened. So she has her proof. Mm-hmm. We're out here where we're looking for a pillar of hope to survive. And yeah, I'll take your your crystals, your your vertebrae and, you know, your feathers, whatever you want to give me. Well, I'm going out to march towards death, possibly. So I get where Van is coming from, where I'm like, dude, you know, like, listen to me. This is it's more than what you say it is, uh, Tysa. Well, and even even if there is no supernatural element that is real, whatever is going on here, they are all experiencing something outside of the yeah. ordinary. And whether it's real or not, like they are in a really terrible situation. So I'm just like, I don't know when people, when people start getting in, uh, when they start getting mad and be like, Oh, supernatural. I'm like, you, you've never been stranded in the woods. Be quiet. This show can do no wrong. Hope alone is supernatural. I can't see hope, mm-hmm. but I just know you tap into that when you your back is up against the wall and you have nothing, you know, you're out of your comfort zone to say the least where you're just like fight or flight. That's, that's, that right there is a spiritual moment where it's like you're between, you know, life or death. Um, that will make you look for things and believe in things to just, so you don't go crazy. Oh yeah, no, totally. Absolutely. And I like, it, it kind of ties back to what you're saying, right? About like Laura Lee and like, I like when you say hope is supernatural. I think that you could put that on a t-shirt and sell it. Oh, nice. Let me write that down. <laughs> That's your merch. I do need to sell some merch. Merch, baby. <laughs> uh, Misty decides she's going to go on the trip, I guess, to impress Coach. <laughs> and <laughs> she's like doing this whole production like Ben. I mean, Coach, don't try to stop me. And Coach is like trying not to seem like Thank thrilled that she's God. leaving. <laughs> and she hugs him and she's like got her face pressed to his crutch. That's his crutch, not his crotch. <laughs> um, they all they all head out. I also just want to say that Thais is wearing a button down shirt that I very much covet. I don't know if I could button it over my titties, but it is really cute. Dang, I didn't. Okay. I, I... Is, there, is there like a site? There has to be a site somewhere, right? That like tells you where you can get. Yeah, you take a screenshot of it. and ah, like, you can Yeah, I think there reverse is. Reverse search it in Google. Yeah. Or there's an actual site for Ooh. it. Um, but yeah, if you don't know, I don't know the site name, but you can always do a screenshot of somebody's shirt or whatever. And you can look it up on Google. I don't know what I would do without this podcast. I learn so much every time. <laughs> In 2021, Nat is smoking outside the motel that she's staying in, and Thaisa and Shauna show up, and it's like, it is basically a comedy in this scene, because, like, Nat's got 50k, Shauna's like, wow, I really thought the stack of money would be bigger, (laughs) and she brought this, like, duffel bag that Callie made for Jeff, and it's too big for the money, so they just, like, put a bunch of towels and garbage in it, and, uh... Shauna puts this tracker that she got on Amazon into the bag and then they go to drive to make the drop. Nat is like, I'm driving Titus's Range Rover. I got the money. I'm making the drop. There's a little bit more comedy here where, you know, Titus is like, that's my baby. Don't mess it up. I'm like, ooh, yeah, I don't know that I would let Nat drive my no, car. That van. But, okay. uh, um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in 1996, Shauna goes back into the cabin after everybody's left and is confronted by Jackie. Mm -hmm. He's just like, hey, you've been acting super weird. What is going on with you? Shauna tries to lie, as we know Shauna's a very bad liar. (laughs) And uh, we do get Jackie saying spill here, which is such a 
kind of dog whistle of a word to me in this show. You know, it's what we saw painted on the outside of Thais's house. It's what the uh, opposition campaign in her race is saying, spill, spill, spill about their time in the woods. Um, it's come up a couple of other times. Mm. So I just wanted to call that out. And there's an amazing line reading and just just kind of what we call face acting here from Ella Purnell, who plays Jackie, when she says, when did you stop wanting me to be your best friend to Shauna? And it just it felt so emotionally true mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. You know, I've been a teenage girl. I don't want to alarm anyone. I've been a teenage <laughs> girl. But just, you know, when when your friendship is kind of petering yeah. out and one of you has kind of moved on more than the other one, it's just it's kind of a gut punch here emotionally. Mm-hmm. And again, they're so young. I mean, like, yes, they're fighting for their survival. But also, what about our friendship? And Shauna finally confesses. She's like, OK, I'm pregnant. Randy Walsh is the dad. Randy Walsh, like a bad penny, popping up everywhere throughout this show. And Jackie is shocked. I think she's really upset that Shauna never told her about losing her virginity, which is a huge deal for teenage girls. You know, it's it's something that you process together. And, you know, Jackie kind of tries to bounce back. She's got this kind of forced optimism. And she's like, hey, you know, we're going to get through this Mm -hmm. together. And she hugs Shauna, who, like, does not hug her back at all, I noticed, on this rewatch. She's just kind of like a limp, uh, pregnant mass in Jackie's arm. She's just like, are we going to get through this together? Yeah, she just doesn't, can't find in her heart to pretend to even hug her uh aside from the pregnancy like yes with your boyfriend but um jesus um we're not gonna go there today um i'm gonna just write in my journal the dynamics of their friendship um i I think it's it's very interesting like people some people don't like jackie or whatever um i i i'm not a fan either but i'm not team nobody because people are like oh team jackie uh team team shauna i'm like what what is it are we just teenagers anyway but um some some yeah, people are yeah i uh, in that moment it's gross i agree but they are yeah i'm just like okay to each his own uh but uh i'm just like i was ready for that moment to be spilling because shauna was keeping that secret i understand why but i was getting tired of her being withdrawn from jackie and not just being mute and it, it started like to tug mm-hmm. at me i'm just like you know what at this point just say it like we're we're at our wits end it's like what, what then what what are we going to do not go you know to the prom together like what 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 is the mm-hmm. um like she still cared for for Jackie what she did was messed up don't get me wrong but it's still like dang I'm I'm withdrawing I have to withdraw from you I still care about you and there's also dynamics of their friendship that spill over to this moment to where I'm tired of being your flunky um it's like one of those where she's getting genuine care from somebody else and uh but forcefully of course because she can't tell jackie because it's her boyfriend but it's kind of like all right i think it's time they've kind of outgrown they're near they're like almost seniors i think at this point in life or juniors or something uh she's gotten pregnant this is very serious jackie is kind of surface level and it's her boyfriend so it's kind of like, it's a lot of things that build up to this moment of why she's withdrawing from Jackie. And that was just a nail in the coffin. Cause I saw her previously in episodes where, uh, where Jackie would, you know, cause Jackie's just very self-centered. Let's just be honest. It's just part of her, her, her spiel. Her character's still intriguing, but 
I think she kind of sees Shauna still as a friend. She cares for her. Don't get me wrong. But she's also in the place that makes her feel better about herself. And when you kind of lose oh, the mm-hmm. friend and the flunky all in one, you know, place where there's hope, lack of hope, it's kind of like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, no, totally. It's it's go back going back to hope, right? But it's like it I think it flipped the dynamic because like Jackie was like really comfortable in being this like leader or this like popular girl and then she's and and there's that thing I think it's in the pilot right where like you know she's going and saying nice things to everybody and she's like basically I don't remember exactly what she says to Shauna but like you know basically like you're my best friend and it's just like it's not like he's Shauna you're a really compassionate kind person Shauna you're really talented it's like Shauna you're a good friend to me and it's like still about her right Mm -hmm. and this is like the first time that you really see her being kind of insecure about it and being like oh this friendship that I've always taken for granted is like not necessarily something I can Mm-hmm. take for granted oh no this friendship couldn't possibly be falling apart because of something i did could Never. it yeah like that it even occurred to her that that was like something that could happen when she's just so used to the dynamics being that way but it it did also just make me think like i do think that people tend to like over identify sometimes with a shauna or a jackie based on certain things about their life mm. but i i don't know like we you know we don't necessarily get to see adult jackie so to know how she turned out but like we do know that like adult shauna um you know we, we saw the seeds with with teenage shauna where like mm-hmm. she is like i don't know people think she's less to me people think she's less awful because she's meeker right like she's just like quiet yeah like they put a lot of emphasis on jackie but she's still doing really awful she still does awful things she's just like not overt about it she's secretive. yeah she's with her and jeff piggybacking off of what uh, lynn said yeah she's not completely innocent either it kind of like because jackie's more annoying i think people really dislike her and she's not the relatable one she's the you know self-centered you know popular girl like nobody likes like oh yeah i cheer for that no they cheer for the quote-unquote underdog but doesn't mean the underdog is you know also innocent either because i think honestly from that friendship they uh i think that's where she's establishing her lies and deceit and you know and who and stuff that they go through to where it's like okay she a liar a sneaky and a killer uh, as you see you know in 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 um the episode uh coming up and it's kind of like okay so jackie i see a grown version of jackie and her mother and you're like when they go to her her um heavenly birthday her and jeff sean and jeff go to her parents house to celebrate her birthday jackie's birthday that lets me see a peek into what would Jackie, an older version of Jackie would be like, oh, her mother literally was sitting there insulting Shauna about, oh, it must have been so hard to compare, be compared to such a beautiful woman. I'm just like, do you hear what you're saying right now? What kind of guest is that? Even when Shauna went up to Jackie's room and Jackie's spirit was like, this was kind of your fault. Like she still sticks to, it's not my fault, even in death. Um, like, uh, I was like, and then when you see how Jackie dies, I'm like, okay, bro, you, you could have went back inside, but yeah, it's just, it's that, that part where you're just like, it's always somebody else's fault. You've, you're used to your comfort zone of your, your sidekick, but at the same time, Shauna not being innocent did benefit living through Jackie. So it was like an, a benefit exchange. And I think Shauna kind of got tired of it, even though she 
kind of got her spine or her, you know, excitement through living through Jackie too. Absolutely. Well, and I think too, you have to consider not only kind of what we already talked about, where it's like, who's telling this story, you know, within the world of the story. And then also kind of on a more meta level when it's like, this show is written by human beings and they've decided like, Sean is one of our big POV characters. She's the first adult yellow jacket mm. that we see. So the narrative is going to be kind of biased in her favor anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see how that plays out in future seasons. But it's like, there's there's nobody really on this show, except maybe Laura Lee, who you're like, yeah, you know what? That's a good person. Just unequivocally a good person. Oh, and Simone, Thaisa's wife. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, okay, she's good. <laughs> that, might be, that might be it. This has been a little bit different of a conversation because we've talked so much about characters so i want to just like really quick like speed through all of the plot points here and then um we can just like if there's anything else that we want to chat about and then i have some like close out questions but basically in the in the 2021 timeline they track fuck face is what they've decided to call the black mailer which i love they have ff on their their little amazon tracker interface which is a detail that i love and um they track this guy to basically like a a Goodwill or Salvation Army mm-hmm. type place, um, you know, like a clothing resale store. And they chase him through. The guy like knocks over a whole bunch of glitter and they lose him. Natalie tries to shoot the guy, which uh, kind of typical Natalie kind of bringing a gun to a, you know, foot race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we find out that Thaisa has been paying for Natalie's rehab, which explains why her rehab was so fancy. But also like Thaisa is like, oh, you know, this pay cut I took to run for state Senate isn't going to fund another stint in rehab. And I'm like, did you know that there are affordable options, Thaisa? You did not have to send her to the five star resort rehab you could have just been like please go down to kaiser and get your life together there you go that's what i'm saying like oh yeah you gotta put her in a mansion in malibu it's okay it's okay no 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 although i mean i do think it is part of her guilt um and we do get some allusions to like uh thaisa and shauna wouldn't be here if it wasn't for natalie so something to look out for in the future so they they don't catch the guy shauna's side piece adam shows up He's like at her house at four in the morning, which is just like, oh my God. If you're going to adulterate, don't go to the other person's house. That is just like cheating 101. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. His coexistence is bothering me. (laughs) Right. Um, I thought that he was just, well, that made me think that first that maybe Jeff knew. That was like what I thought first, even though I don't think that anymore. mm -hmm. But then Uh I was just like, well, he gets off on like maybe being discovered. Potentially. I just, either way, I would have been like, this is over, which is not what happened. Oh, no, she's she's like, okay, cool. <laughs> he appeals to Shauna's desire to blow everything up and see what happens. So they have sex in her marital bed. Like, Damn, we can't go to his house? Again, don't do this. It's cheating 101. Gosh, there's so many rules broken in that moment. And they, yeah, and they fall asleep. Oh. And like, she has to like hide him in the closet when Jeff comes home the next day. Oh, no. Because he's been working on the quote unquote inventory database. Right. right. Uh, That's pretty much where we leave it with her. We have Misty still has Jessica Roberts in the mm-hmm. basement. And Jessica Roberts is like basically confesses what she knows about Travis's death because Misty is going to send a fentanyl laced Whitman sampler to J Rob's father if she doesn't get information from her. But the day after Travis died, his bank account mm-hmm. was cleaned out. So Jessica Roberts is like, I am extremely skeptical of that this oh, was a yeah. suicide and the suicide that it's being presented as. 
Right. The other big thing that happens is basically Nat and Kevin Tan, the cop slash goth guy, break up because she took his gun when they were tracking the blackmailer and fired it. And I just have to like, wow, way to go, Kevin Tan. You must be the world's soundest sleeper (laughs) because (laughs) she got up and left and was gone for hours and came back and he had no idea. So, you know, (laughs) we see then... A parallel in 1996, um, she and Travis are going to have sex for the first time. And he has some performance issues and just kind of like shuts down and leaves. And this was, for me, it was so like painfully reminiscent of actual, you know, I'm like, I guess not actual sexual experiences that I've had, but I'm just Mm -hmm. like, it's so awkward to watch yeah i had to speed through that i'm just like Ugh, i can't see this <laughs> <laughs> too many memories it was definitely awkward but also like I, I i saw like a bunch of people speculating that like he had trauma and that was like the reason that he could and i was like i don't know i think he's just like a scared well first of all obviously he does have trauma right he's on this island they all do he saw his yeah. da- dad die but also just like i feel like I don't know, even for guys of any age, like they get performance anxiety. So it did it didn't seem like, oh my God, this is so indicative of something with his character to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's his first time. And I think, you know, sorry, sorry to be this guy, but patriarchy hurts men too. The expectation, whether it is true or not, like even though he knows Natalie is more experienced mm-hmm. than he is, he feels like it's his job to kind of, you know, direct the experience. Yeah. And, you know, he is also like, you know, when she says, I want you so bad in such a genuine, to me, it seems a very genuine way. And he's like, oh, you don't have to talk like that. Like he's trying to control the experience in all the wrong ways. And then he, he freaks out and he can't close the deal, so to speak. And I think Sophie Thatcher, who plays young Natalie, just her face after he's run out of the room just falls and it's just oh i just want to give her a hug it was like oh um, yeah i know it was like what the it fuck? was painful <laughs> yeah it was like wtf well and it's like i want to i want to be like it's gonna get better but then i'm like well actually i've seen your future it does not get much better yeah, um, well i know and knowing that they stayed in some form of this relationship yeah i'm very intrigued to see where like how did that connection go and we'll see in season two um because it went past their teenage lives uh when they got rescued it feels like mm-hmm. um and then that moment yeah it was like a, a mixture of like i'm like okay it's his first time you already talked about like and by the way i thought it would be you know better since they're not doing it on the plane like almost in the previous episode i'm like why are you going back where y'all surrounded by death um <laughs> this is like and you got you get horny because they're stupid teenagers. I, like, I just I just feel like damn the horniness is real. Um, <laughs> like Jesus Christ! Like you literally have a burnt body, like twenty feet away from you. I just okay, whatever. So you don't you don't find that to be erotic? Uh, maybe in the dark side, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, let's not kinky. Uh, let's not kinky. Ooh, corpses. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. You know what? Good point. Good point. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, um, I can't be a part of any podcast lot of king shaming. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what, Veronica? I'm so sorry. I don't mean to kink shame. Um, um, um. <laughs> if corpses are your thing, do you? So, boo. But yeah. <laughs> the other um, the other things that happen in 1996 that are big deals are 
Um, Jackie swipes Shauna's mm. diary. The last shot that we see of her, she's reading the diary out by the fire and just sobbing. You know, it's clear that Shauna's yeah. written the the truth about the baby and Jeff. And Jackie is finding this mm-hmm. out finally. And then the other thing that happens is that the uh, what I've been calling the outward bound crew <laughs> they find a river that is red that maybe they think is like a mineral deposit or like high in iron. And Van is like, this is like everything that Lottie predicted. We should go back. This is messed up. The compass just starts spinning, which. That always terrifies me. It's like maggots and a spinning compass. Get me yeah. out of there. I don't want to be here anymore. Like not a good sign. <laughs> and they they have an okay time like the first day. Like we see Van like recapping the movie while you were sleeping, which is hysterical. Oh, like yeah. I never say this to people, but Van, you should try stand up. So funny. <laughs> if you survive baby get to an open mic and then the second night everybody's really upset like you know there's been this kind of conflict brewing between van and taisa where van is like oh there's some spooky stuff happening and taisa's like no way there's no such things as spooky things which kind of feels it feels like denial to me because we know she's seen the man with no eyes several times so she's just like if i don't acknowledge it it's not real and she takes the first watch but she falls asleep. She wakes up in the tree, which we talked about a bit before. She jumps down. The other girls are kind of keeping some wolves away with uh, like branches that are on fire. And a wolf has dragged Van off and is just like ripping her apart. Thaisa shoots the flare gun. So there's our red smoke. We've had a river of blood. We've had mm. red smoke. Again, slam dunk for yeah. Lottie. And then she grabs an axe and like chops the shit out of this wolf i do also want to say uh wolves are usually actually not dangerous to humans Mm. um i was like reading about this somewhere like they're endangered so um i don't know who listening to this podcast would be thinking about it but if you see a wolf don't kill the wolf um this is a fake wolf okay and it might be lynn you said something about you're not sure if this wolf is even real i mean just just because of like how we see van's injury versus like how we see it healing later which i mean that's a whole other thing like is that magical is that just like i don't know yeah we saw teeth Achilles like surgical skills right yeah 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 you can just see the inside of her face right and like i i was reading an um an interview with Liv Liv husa who plays van and they were saying that like there were some they were like familiar with people talking about that confusion and they said it's because it's a flap of skin. Mm. Oh, and they did. Do you like do you like that okay. word? So flap. Maggot, compass spinning, flap, flap of skin. Flap. I'm out. Flap. There's something so horrible about that. Just phrase. picture the flap oh, flapping man. back and forth in and out of Oh we're really going, oof, we're, we're heading out on a note as gruesome as oh, the one gosh. we began on, which is really, that's, you know, that's what we like I here at the Blood Guys, I, I'm, uh, I'm grieving, so I'm allowed to talk about face flaps. Oh, yeah. oh no, absolutely. That was not me being sarcastic. <laughs> I do have a sincerity issue, and I apologize for that. <laughs> um, yeah. I was being slightly. Uh, it's like, you let it out, Lynn. You let it out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're here for you. Uh, but yeah, it's, um. I mean, we know that they sew it up later, but was your sewing skills that good? Because um, literally a week later, you look great. Um, but um, oh my god, she must have gone to like Red Cross, like surgical class or something. The Red Cross plastic yeah. surgery, and program. I was just like, oh man, like they didn't. 
they didn't even check, like, the thing is with that, they didn't check for a, like, I know you're shocked in that moment, but it was just like, oh, she's dead. That That's it. I'm like, um, maybe she passed yeah. out from just that, 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 that's an experience, a level of pain and attack where you just, you just pass the hell out. You, Hopefully you pass out. Yeah. yeah that's a, like a blessing to pass yeah, out. Yeah. I'm like, please knock me out, make it quick. But yeah, the wolf, now the whole wolf thing about it not being real, who, who how so? I'm curious to see, like, how's that now? Just there were basically, you don't really see the wolf as Thaisa is um, chopping at it with the axe. So there was a lot of speculation on the internet that was like, was it even real? Was Thaisa just imagining it? Mm, I I did not think that. I'm generally pretty pro, like, a lot of what we see is what Mm. we get. And then, you know, we later find out that it was a wolf. Also, we've had so much foreshadowing with Thaisa where she's hallucinating wolves all over the place. Mm. So very early on in the show, I was like, something messed up happened. And then as we start to see the relationship between her and Van develop, it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Something happened to Van involving a wolf. And then as soon as Van was like, here's my monologue about a very wholesome date I want to go on. I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't be wholesome. That's the kiss of death on this show. Oh, I just picture us X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay, you're going to (laughs) die. Oh, I know. That's what I thought too. But I was also like, please don't like kill the only queer couple we know about on the show in a tragic way. Yeah. I was really happy that that wound up not happening. I felt, I felt pretty confident that that wasn't going to happen just because I knew that there were Mm -hmm. scenes with Liv Houston. Liv Houston is non-binary, which I literally just learned today. Mm. Yeah. So that was really That's why exciting. I said they, because I found that out. I know. I was like, Lynn knows too. Um, not not to um, pat myself on the back, but I, <laughs> well, because I really liked them. Um, this is what allyship looks like, people. In, in Santa, in Santa Clarita diet, I, I really liked them. So I started reading about them oh okay i'm looking on google Um, yeah you know we're gonna have to wind down here but i want to ask the two of you okay so choose your own adventure here you're in this situation with the yellow jackets in 1996 do you go with thais's group or do you stay behind Uh, Hmm. well i guess it would depend on my relationship with the other characters Mm. Um, okay, so let's say let's just say you're a Jennifer. I'm a Jen. Okay, so I'm a generic Jennifer. So maybe I maybe I don't have like a ton of close relationship. Maybe I'm a loner, but I think I would. I might be like de- depends how depressed I was too, right? Because like I might be like fuck it. Why are you guys? Because like they really haven't explored the the mountain island, whatever it is, like that much. At least that we've seen. So I I might just be like. I could see myself being like, guys, shouldn't shouldn't we explore more? Like in general, like the way that um, Teresa is. So I, I could see my. I think I I like to think that uh, I as whichever Jennifer A through Z I was that I would go with them. Mm, okay. All right, Veronica. How about you? Uh, me as Veronica, you know, fifteen, sixteen, uh, I stay in the cabin. Um, I'll let you be the first. Group. Okay to do the mm-hmm. Dora Explorer thing because I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm really trying to put myself in those shoes, but yeah, I would be one of the people who stay behind while y'all go ahead and do your thing. And if you come back, that would be great. Um, and if you don't, and I'm, I'm just forced to be like, you know what, if there's nothing else coming to this cabin, but I, I, I that seems, it seems bleak and death, then I'll be forced to go like, you know what? Either die here, just sitting duck, or, you know, die out there trying. You know, I'd rather 
I would I would go after the group if they never if they hadn't come back in a certain amount of time. I, that's mm-hmm. what I would do. But the first group, I'd stay back and we'll see. That seems like a smarter yeah. approach. That's probably you're right. If you're if you're making yourself the teen version, I think I would. It might also depend who I wanted to bone and which group they were in. Mm-hmm. And where, what are they doing? Yeah. I mean, I would not actually speak to them or let them know I liked them or ever have sex with any of them. But who in my diary I would write about. <laughs> I'm, I, I, maybe I wasn't that horny. I'm like, I don't want to. Oh, die. no, I wasn't. I mean, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't. But, I, but I'm but i I'm being like kind of silly. But I mean, whoever I was crushing on. <laughs> right. Secretly in love. Whoever, whoever you had a crush on. Yeah. I could convince them to stay. That like like if I were you, I'm like you know what? Oh, you would do like a Natalie. Oh yeah, I'm like, please don't go. I need you. You're important. Whatever to pump their head up to bring, say your ass here. Um, let them, especially the ones I can't. If I can't stand, I'm like, you know what? You have a fire inside of you that belongs out there. You are the light. Go. <laughs> Oh my god, you're just sacrificing your enemies. Hey, that's what hey, that's pretty much what they were doing at the end of the day. I'm like, I just started early. Let's say survival's the name yeah. of the game. I'm like, okay. I think I would be I'd be the one who would have been advocating to like send out a party like the second day and everybody would be like, Kelly, please shut up about this. <laughs> and I'd be like, fine, I'm gonna go by myself, and then I would die. Um that is what I would do either as a teenager or now. So um, there is no, there's no difference. My emotional <laughs> IQ is Avril Lavigne to this day. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that, uh, Kelly, because I'm just like, you know what? Let me see you dip your toe in the water and um, you tell me mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I would happily uh, go into the woods before you, Veronica. Happily do that. Okay, and I will cheer you on. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> So one last question. Who do you two think is the antler queen? And who do you think is the girl who falls in the pit in that Ooh, first episode? Oh, man. Uh, well, I think I think Lottie has to be the antler queen now. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like it's a two people, uh, a transference. Um, there's because mm. uh, that, now that we see the whole thing. I don't know, Lynn. I'm sorry, Lynn. Were you finished with that? Uh, with that actually? Well, I was going to say that if you asked me when I saw this episode, I don't know if I would have been sure. Mm-hmm. I only know that after. At, at this point, I might not have been sure. Although they did so much like foreshadowing. Was it this ep- what, Which was the episode where they actually like kind of had a shot of Lottie with the antlers? That is, I think, episode six. Oh. Okay, yeah. So we had already yeah, seen that. Six, so yeah. I think I felt like yeah. by by episode ten, we kind of got that confirmed. Mm. Um, although I'm not sure. Um. I, I think I even read that we, that the writer said that. And it, but who falls in the pit? That I don't know because I would have said it could have been Jackie, but it's not. I, so yeah, I think it's. A I don't know. Mari. <laughs> I'm just like, who is brunette? Who hasn't been saying much? Because uh, it was like a brunette girl. I'm like, okay, that's Mari. Since it's not Lottie, it's, like I said, I, like I thought it was Lottie at first, but I'm like, Lottie is, has too much foreshadowing and connection to in connection to to this um, place. So it's kind of like, eh, no, Lottie's important. And then you see the connection growing between Lottie and um, uh, Van as well but and then you also see the picture of them like of the antler queen and the people sitting next to them i'm like wait a minute i also see taisa so i'm just like "Mm, Mm -hmm. who and then i see um yeah so i feel like it's going to be there's going to be she's definitely one of the antler queens i think it's going to be more than one um but yeah lottie's definitely one Mm -hmm. of the antler queens and whoever's like closest to lottie and and what's her name shauna who's so 
like almost like not sociopathic, but almost numb to chopping up uh, bodies and bunnies and stuff. Um, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that's going to be an asset. And she might be, you know, another antler queen of some sort. That's what I think. Amazing. I can't wait to find out. (laughs) It's going to be a long Um, wait. Eat people already. Thank you both. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both so much for spending time with me. Thank you. Thank you. This is so fun. Um, Lynn, where can people find you on the internet? So you can follow me on Twitter at Lynn Bixenspan, B-I-X-E-N-S-P-A-N, because... I have not updated my website in three years. Sick. And Veronica, how about you? Oh, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like Veronica A. Brown, all one word on um, Instagram, especially, and Twitter. My Twitter's pathetic, so feel free to follow me on there as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, those, those are my socials and um, Instagram, Veronica A. Brown. Um, that's where I'm most active. But, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Veronica A. Brown, all one word. All right. Amazing. Thank you both again, especially Lynn. As you're grieving your rabbit, yes. thank you for thank you for allowing time. me to talk <laughs> about my rabbit in different contexts. I can't think of a better podcast to process that. Right, wow. honestly, <laughs> weird timing. Yeah. He clearly sacrificed himself for for this podcast. Oh <laughs> man, I hate it when I have that effect on people and bunnies. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review Blood Hive wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to recommend us to your BFFs and frenemies however you can. Subscribe to Kelly Anakin's hilarious Patreon or make a one-time donation to Kelly-Anakin on Venmo to help us keep the content coming. Send a voice message to bloodhivepodcast at gmail.com for a chance to hear your Yellow Jackets hot takes on an upcoming episode. Blood Hive is a production of KA Collaborative. Our theme song is Eat Your Heart Out by Wolves. Special thanks to today's guests, the team at Cosmic Standard, and my own personal judges table. Last but not least, all praise to the Antler Queen. Antler Queen.